This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We're going to continue with a, a series we've been on called Moving Forward. How many have gotten something out of the series so far? We need to move forward with our lives. That's what God has called us to do. And in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, is kind of a key scripture we've been looking at. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Recognize weights and sin is, is something we need to do. And I believe the Lord, he will put his finger on something in our lives when and he wants us to deal with that. It said we are to lay it aside. Notice God's not going to. We, the will of God is that we look and we see a weight, we see a sin, we lay it to the side. It means to put off, to, to cast off, to, to lay to the side of you, put away. It's our responsibility. Now, I believe God is speaking all the time to us. I can remember I'd deal with something in my life. I'd go through this process and work through it, and, and then I'd overcome it. And I was so excited, I thought I had arrived. Man, here I am. I've, I've conquered this thing in my life and felt like a million bucks and this is it. And then a little time period later, the Lord put his finger on something else in my life. I finally got wise and figured out, oh, this is going to keep on going forever. <laughs> he said, no, just while you're alive on this earth. <laughs> Thank you. And it's, it's for our good when you see and, and understand how much God loves you and you know it's for your good, then you can take hold of it and say, I want this. I want the weight off. I want the sin off because the weight is slowing me down. It, it's a hindrance to me. It slows me. It, it causes me to be paralyzed, to be, become passive, not to be moving forward. Have you ever felt stuck? It could be a weight in your life, and the weight doesn't have to be a sin. It, it could be a good thing. Maybe that you've become uh, so political, you forgot Jesus. Maybe you're too busy with your sports that you have no time for God. Not a sin to watch sports, it's just a weight because it's taken over your life. It can become an idol, which is sin. But we're to look at these weights, and weights can be regrets, it can be disappointments, it can be um, unforgiveness about ourselves. You know, I wish I hadn't have done this, the what ifs of life. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter what you do, there's always a what if. And the enemy's great at bringing the what ifs around. Or he'll say, you should have done this. Oh, I'm so excited. I got up early and I prayed this morning. Whoo, great. Hallelujah. And there's the devil. You should have prayed another 15 minutes this morning. It would have made all the difference. He's always saying stuff like that. We all have regrets for things we would have done differently. Right? We have to let those things go because they can become a weight. And our past can start dictating or dominating our future. And we're not to let the past be an anchor in our life. I don't care if you've blown it big time. There's forgiveness in God. There is a place of, of strength in God that he's able to give you a plan B or revised plan A to make it work. He's bigger than we know. And he's a good God. I had regrets when I was a youth pastor because I didn't learn to play a musical instrument. 
every youth pastor friend of mine played the guitar. I didn't. I started feeling what I'm lacking. So I asked the Lord, said, Lord, I, I want to play the guitar. I need a guitar. And this uh, group came to uh, our church and stuff, and uh, a person got given a guitar. I got given a guitar. Real nice guitar. Well, I'm going to play in heaven. <laughs> All I did here was get bloody fingers. There was just something not there that caused me to continue with it. Maybe because it messed up my basketball shooting because I was getting all these (laughs) bloody fingers. I don't know. But it it didn't work. And finally, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do with this guitar? He said, give it to such and so. I gave it. Gave him a head joy again. He said, look, you don't have to play guitar to be a youth pastor. Be you. Well, that, that's, that was wonderful news because I found out I'm better at being me than somebody else. You're better at being you than somebody else. And you're okay. It's okay to be you. <laughs> I'm glad that signed you. But there's some things in scriptures we are to put away. Colossians 3, 8. It says, now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Seeing that you put off your old self with its practices. It's talking about to to believers. Stop lying. What? That's what it says. Stop lying. Stop the obscene talk. Well... The world curses now pretty like it's normal speech. I thought it was okay for us. No. The Bible says no. Say no. no. Well, I can be anger, have some anger, can't I? I have an anger problem. The word says put it off. Well, I just can't do that. See, my grandfather was angry, my dad was angry. My dog's angry, my cat's angry, and I'm angry. That's the way it is. That's the way I was born. That's the way it will always be. No. God said, put off anger. Well, Lord, I can't put it off. I know what you're saying, but I can't put it off. And he goes, thank you. Come to me. I know you can't do it. I do it for you. It's called the grace of God. See, we think we have to do it. We can't do it. He needs our will. He needs our decision. He takes our will and he applies his grace to it. Well, pastor, if that's true, that means nothing's impossible. That's right. 1 Peter 2, 1, therefore, since you are saved, lay aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, jealousy, evil speaking. And you find out those scriptures. Stop whining. Stop complaining. You just don't understand, God. I was born complaining. See, they said when I, I came out of the womb, that I was complaining. I whined and whined. They tried to stop me. They didn't have to spank my bottom. I just came out whining. I've been whining ever since. In fact, they call me the great whiner. And if you want to hear some whining, you want some complaining, come to me. I'll give you plenty. And when you said that you've had enough, I'll say, well, come back for more. There's still plenty left. But God said, stop complaining and stop whining. It means you might have to be, get rid of some of the negativity in your life. It means you might have to be thankful. Until you make a decision to cast off the sin and weight, it's not moving. 
and you're probably not going to move forward in your life. You don't have to wait for God to put the finger on something. You can be hungry for him and want his will in you so much that you come to him and say, Lord, is there anything in my life I, you want me to put to the side or to cast off or to give to you, cast the care to you? And yeah, you've been worrying a little bit. I told you not to worry. I've got you. I've got your past, present, and future. Stop worrying. Because when you worry, that's doubt, and it stops my grace. You're not in faith. I'm a worrier. I worry on top of worry. I worry about my worrying. <laughs> There's grace, his power, his divine enablement for you to be free from worry. I'm not saying we're perfect in this. I'm saying you should be able to get some worry off of you. You get some bad news, some, some worry creeps in. What do you do with it? Reject it and replace it with truth, with what God says. By faith, we take sin to the cross. Is there things in your past that cause sadness? Is there grief that's latched onto you? Weights that anchor us down, prevent us from moving forward. Is there fear or guilt? Is there inferiority? Is there condemnation? Is there things that are, are stealing from you? The truth is, we are ensnared by these things. It says that it easily ensnares us. That means we have to always be on guard about these things. Because the culture that we live in, the world that we live in, is the opposite of the kingdom of God. Have you know, noticed our culture is a complaining culture? A critical culture? A judgmental culture? It's the opposite of what God's called us to be. And we have to put that off. It can creep in. It says easily ensnares us. All of a sudden we're in a trap. And we're trying to move forward. And we're wondering why we're stuck. If you've been stuck for a while, ask God. If you can't hear from God, ask your spouse. No elbows in this place. No. I mean, your spouse knows. Your best friend knows. You know you can trust somebody when you know they love you. But here's the thing about this verse. It says, Jesus ran his race with joy. He knew what was coming, but he was focused on the prize. He was focused on the end results. And so he ran the race with joy. He's, and, and the scripture is saying, look, let's lay aside the weights. Let's lay aside the sin. Let's run our race with endurance. Looking at Jesus, what he did, he went through much more than us laying down a weight or particular sin, whatever it is. He laid, he took the sin of the world. <laughs> he took it all on him, the curse. And yet he was running his race with joy. If Jesus did that, I can look to him and say, I'm going to run my race with joy. And it might hurt a little bit to get this weight off. It might be some sacrifice, but I'm going to do it because it's worth it. And you know what? I can pray and I can have joy knowing the end result is God's going to answer the prayer because it's according to the will of God. You don't think it's God's will for you to get the sin out of your life, get the weight off? Of course it is. He said, do it. So no matter what it is that's ensnared you, God has said yes and amen to it. Come to me. Let me empower you with my ability for you to overcome it, and you'll be more than a conqueror. See, Jesus can do it. You can't, but he can. In fact, he has. He's already done it. He's already accomplished it. 
Our part is to have faith and belief in him. Enough that I set my will to do what he says. Even knowing within myself, I don't have the strength to do it. I may not even have a great desire to do it. But I say, I want your desire. I want your divine enablement. I want your grace. And I'm going to walk out of this thing. And I'm going with joy. And I choose joy. Joy is a choice. Joy is on the inside of you. Some of you just need to laugh. Just a good old laugh. Because there is strength in that joy. It messes the devil up. You get some bad news, things are going bad for you, and all you're doing is joy. Because I know where I'm going. I know where this life ends up. Heaven. Whew, I can go through some things. I can have some joy. Last time I checked, heaven's for all eternity. Whoa. That's forever. Tilt, click, forever. Maybe we can push through with some joy and have some strength to run our race. If Jesus did, we can. James 1.21 says, let's get rid of all the filth and evil in our lives. Humbly accept the word of God that has been planted in your hearts where it's the power to save your souls. God wants your soul cleansed. He wants your mind, your, your uh, emotions. He wants them cleansed. He wants them whole. It takes a decision. Accepting the word of God. You don't just read the word and say, uh... Be exceedingly glad when persecution comes your way. You got to take that word. Okay, I've had some persecution. What does an exceedingly glad person do? Okay, I'll do that, Lord. I'm going to run around my house. I'm going to jump on the bed. I'm going to holler and shout and praise God. And I'm going to feel better afterwards. Romans 14, 17 says, Kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We might talk about joy next week. Righteousness, we talked about the ability to stand before God free from fear, guilt, inferiority, and condemnation as if sin never existed. That is the gift of righteousness that's been given to each of us through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We have the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, we can all believe that, that God, uh, that Jesus gets his prayers answered, can't we? Because he's righteous. Well, we have his righteousness. Wow. Remember, God's standard for receiving and passing grades 100%, no mistakes, or perfection. It'd be like a baseball player going and... His batting average is 1,000. No errors of fielding for the entire season. It goes beyond that the whole lifetime. Perfection. We couldn't get a passing grade, but Jesus passed 100% and gave us his grade. He took the test for us and gave us his grade. Now, that's a pretty good deal. I can get some joy over that one. Man, there's this test. There's no way I could pass it. But Jesus took my test, and he made 100. And he gave me his grade. Wow. Now I get rewarded for that 100. What's the reward? The reward lasts for eternity. I changed families. Now I'm a part of the family of God. Whoa, 
God's family. You're a part of God's family. I don't suggest you go around and, you know, I'm part of the household of God. (laughs) But you are. That's pretty good news. There should be some joy about that. <laughs> but every, anytime I minister along these lines, I, I, I need to, because I need to say I'm against sin. Jesus took the test, he passed it, but sin will kill you because the wages of sin is still death. So God doesn't want us living in sin, but judgment's been placed on Jesus Christ. And now what you do for Christ, walking in love, walking in faith, you're rewarded for it. The other's going to burn up. So we, there's no room for judgment. My performance-based righteousness creates fear. If I'm looking at my life and I'm trying to base my receiving from God based on my life, I'm fearful. (laughs) Great fear. I mean, it's twilight zone fear. I mean, this thing is bad shape. Because I look at him perfection and then I look at me. And it causes fear. Fear stops us from having intimacy with God. But faith righteousness, where I believe through faith and to get Christ's righteousness, creates a place of intimacy for me. That's the reason we can't judge no one. Because if it wasn't for the grace of God, where would we be? And you can hear the most, an atheist or somebody just mocking God, and you find yourself not judging them, you'll just go, They just need Jesus. (laughs) They just need the Lord. See, I found myself, I was, I had a sin, and I had a weight that was, I wasn't moving forward. I was just at a standstill. I said, I love the Lord. I was walking with God. We we just weren't moving. (laughs) It was a walk, but it was like this. I'm still. I'd gone through uh, just a very difficult time, went through a divorce. It was something I never wanted. I always had this picture, you know, one time, that's it, no divorce and all that mess. And I got to where I was so bitter inside. I had really, when I look at scriptures, it would be like a hate, which Jesus equated to murder. And this was just tearing me up. And I, I read a book by Corey Tim Boone. How many have heard of Corey Tim Boone? If you've never read the book, The Hiding Place, get The Hiding Place. Recommend it. But they, um, they hid the Jews from the Nazis in their house. And they were taken in. Anyway, her and her sister were taken into a prison camp. Her sister was Betsy. And they were taken into this prison camp. And the love of God through Corey Tim Boone was just extraordinary. And I was captivated by this. I'm reading this book. And there was a sequel. And it said that she went to minister in that prison. And when she was in that prison, she said she ministered the gospel and the love of God. And the man who was responsible for having her sister killed, murdered, was there. And she said, as soon as it was over, he's making himself, he was coming towards her. And she said, God, I have to have your love for him. I have to have the love of God flow through me to him and he comes and he reaches out his hand and she said the love of God engulfed her she went past his hand and she hugged this man 
He said, isn't it great that God forgives? Almost saying it with an apology. I'm sure he was feeling the weight of having her sister killed. And she reaches around and hugs him and says, it's awesome that the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness of God, is freely given to us. And as soon as I read it, conviction hit my heart. I knew I've got to forgive. I've got to forgive. I said, Lord, I've got to have your help. Just like Corey Ten Boone prayed, Lord, I need your love for her to flow through me to forgive. And I prayed it. I said, Lord, I forgive. And as soon as I said it, I heard the audible voice of God. He said, hey, Bob. And when he said, hey, Bob, I looked around. I turned around. I thought he had walked in literally, but I just heard his voice. And just him calling my name, I felt the love of God go on top of my head like thick molasses and it was just nothing but love and it went all the way down through my body i stayed up the rest of the night engulfed in this in this love and me at this time i'm a crazy wild person i go to work <laughs> it was a friday i go to work and I see my best friend, the first thing I tell him is, hey, let me tell you what happened to me, and here we go. And him being a good, um, good friend, he was my best friend, he, he looked at me and didn't say a whole lot. I mean, it was some kind of look he gave me, but <laughs> I knew he was trying. <laughs> anyway... This thing kind of gets out, and I, I see people. I go up for break, and I see people just kind of walking by and kind of looking at me and stuff. And I just, I'm just so happy. It's like the birds. I go outside, it's like the birds were singing. Everything's different. <laughs> I loved everybody. Probably at that time, I so, had so much love, I'd been like Ellen. I, I don't know. We need to get that cricket outside the house instead of, never mind. But I, I'll go ahead and tell you the, the rest because the rest is pretty neat. Uh, I came back in uh, to work that Monday, and my friend is lit up like I was Friday. So, huh. He said, I've got to tell you this. I've got to tell you what. I said, what? He said, well, we were in Sunday school, and uh, the pastor uh, was teaching it, and he took questions at the end, and a lady said, have you ever heard God speak to you, pastor? And he said, yes. And she said, well, what did he say? He said, hey, Wilbur. <laughs> got my best friend back. God is good. <laughs> but that love will cause you not to judge say no they just need Jesus they just don't know hallelujah freely you've been given freely give to others I don't pray to get God's love I don't pray to get his blessings I pray because I want to be with him Used to be, I'm praying to get more power. I'm praying to get advantage with him. I'm praying to get points with him. And then I found that Jesus scored all the points I need already. And I have his blessing. I'm accepted by him. So I don't go with fear. You know, it's hard to trust somebody that doesn't accept you. You ever had somebody try and speak in your life and they didn't have place to speak in your life? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I 
We live holy because we are accepted. We don't serve God for God to save us. We serve God because he saved us. Motivation has changed. 1 John 4, 18, For there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has, has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Fear lives in anticipation of bad, but love and faith anticipates good. You know, the thing about um, my ex-wife, now I consider I was the problem. I was selfish. I was not being a leader in the home. <laughs> the whole thing's turned around. Isn't that interesting? People live in fear because they expect punishment and condemnation. When we believe or feel like we don't measure up to God's standard, we feel unqualified to receive from him. But we need to receive from him. I don't go, I'm not trying. The problem is I'm, I am trying to change myself. But I need to stop trying and start believing God. Because he has the power to change us. There's a, there's a huge difference in that. I'm trusting him to change me. He's just waiting for my will to be connected to him. It's called faith. I'm believing his word. And then he changes me. Because I can't change me. I tried. It didn't work. Paul said faith works by love. So now, besides spending time in prayer and fasting, trying to get a really a self-righteous place or, you know, now I do those things because I want to learn about him. I want more understanding. I want to walk in greater revelation, greater love. I want to be an influence for him. I want others to see him in me. I want to let the light shine. I want to be a witness for him. But we got to believe what the word says. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Do, I do not set aside the grace of God. You can nullify or you can stop the grace of God. It is possible. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. So, I'm not looking to myself and my righteousness. I'm looking to him. Seek first the kingdom and what? My righteousness? His righteousness. Become established in his righteousness. Christianity is more about the exchanged life than the changed life. Christianity is more about Christ living through us than me living for him. Let him live through us. Our frustration comes when we try to do God's part. And I put a statement down here I've heard many times. God helps those that helps themselves. I got to think that's not very really true. God cannot help those who help themselves. John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. But without me, you can do nothing. Can do nothing. I'm not saying we have a part. We have a part. It's called believing him. His part is grace. Our part is faith. Believing him. But my faith is not qualifying me to receive from God. Jesus has qualified me to receive from God. My faith puts me in a position in obedience to God to connect with his grace and receive and take hold of what he's already done for me. He said everything that you need in this life has been provided. That connects me, that, that faith in him. So my qualifications to receive from God and be a part of the family is all in Jesus. Wow. He loves me so much 
that he said, look, when you have a problem, come to the throne room of grace, not judgment, and receive from me. And you see the picture in your own kids. Can you imagine your kids coming to you and they're just begging you and they're afraid to be punished, to be abused because they messed up? No. You want them to know, hey, you can come to me anytime. You're accepted and loved here. Even though you messed up and there is training, there is things to do, but they're accepted, they're loved. It's the same thing. We can go the Father. Our problem is we try to change ourselves. We're trying but not trusting. Romans 5, 17, for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. He wants your mind free, your emotions free, your memories free, past, regrets, disappointments. He will cleanse your mind. The renewing of the mind. The way you, you can transform your life by changing the way you think. Change the way you think. I have a lady, uh, part of the church that she used to teach school. And they did, she told me about an experiment where they took the kids that were not as smart, put them in class, and they told them at the beginning of the year, you're the smart ones. You're the smart class. And they were surprised. We are. We didn't think we were. Yeah, you are. You're actually the smart ones. Their grades shot up because they believed they were the smart ones. Well, if I'm smart, I guess I, I study. And one I was thinking about that we say, you know, I just can't witness to others. When the word says, I will make you fishers of men. Maybe we need to ask God, I'm available. It's my will. I make a decision for you to make me a fisher of men. And I'll no longer say, I'm not bold. I'll no longer say, I can't witness for you. Your life is. I'm talking about your mouth. We can do this. We just got to believe it. In closing here, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God did not give a spirit of timidity or cowardness or craving or cringing and falling fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and a calm, well-balanced mind, discipline, and self-control. God said you need power, love, calm, well-balanced mind, discipline, and self-control. Well, I'm just not a disciplined person. Do you know you can tap into discipline and self-control? Do you know you can tap into a well-balanced mind? Well, pastor, you just don't understand. I was born undisciplined. Uh, I'm just called Mr. Irresponsible. It's come to my house. I can prove it. I, I mean, there's no discipline at all in me. <laughs> Lord, I come to you. I see this verse that said you would give me a spirit of discipline and self-control. I, I don't know if I can believe that. Well, you need to get to where you believe it. Because you, if you can believe it, you can have it. So you're saying God can change me from an undisciplined person to a disciplined person? That's what I'm saying. You're looking at a guy that didn't read anything but sports books all through school. Anytime he had to do a report, he got the cliff notes. And he just went through, he browsed through the cliff notes. All I wanted to do was get a passing grade because I was going to play in the NBA. (laughs) 
but I stopped growing. I needed five more feet. <laughs> so no MBA. So what did I have to do? God got a hold of my life. I go back to school, and now I'm studying. I can't get in the dead gum catalog for the college because I can't get there. I don't have the grades to start. I have to do a couple courses before you get in the catalog. You don't think that was fun? Where yet, Bob? Um, I'm in the index here. <laughs> I'm not on the catalog yet. Why? Because I stunk at math. I'm going into engineering. What's wrong with you, Bob? I don't know. And now you can see I read so much. If I don't get my reading time, I'm an irritated, frustrated, well-controlled, well-balanced person. <laughs> And now I've got so many books, I don't have places to put books. And thank God I can start putting them on the computer now. But there's still something about me that likes to hold a book. So we might have to expand, I don't know, to make room for books. Let me read you this Hebrews 12 from the Message Bible. Just shut your eyes and listen to this for just a moment. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed away, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it, strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, the cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there. He's in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging uh, in your faith, when you... Uh, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. And this all-out match against sin, others have suffered far worse than you. Say nothing of what Jesus went through, all that bloodshed. Or do you feel sorry for your? So don't feel sorry for yourselves. Or have you forgotten how good parents treat children? That God regards you as his children. My dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline. Don't be crushed by it either. It's the child he loves that he disciplines. The child he embraces, he corrects. God is educating you. That's why you must never drop out. He's treating you as a dear children. This trouble you're in isn't punishment. It's training. The normal experience of children. Only irresponsible parents leave children to fend for themselves. Would you prefer an irresponsible God? We respect our parents for training and not spoiling us. So why not embrace God's training so we can truly live? While we were children, our parents did what seemed best to them. But God is doing what is best for us, training us to live God's holy best. At the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely, for it's the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. So don't sit around on your hands. No more dragging your feet. Clear the path for long-distance runners. So no one will trip and fall. So no one will step into a hole and sprain an ankle. Help each other out and run for it. Now, you see the picture? See, I believe that we need to ask God, is there some weight or sin in our life that we need to deal with? Because it's his will. 
It's the best for us to move forward. Listen to these. This at the end of your, your notes here. Say, I know it's important to repent of my sins because sin gives the devil access to my life. My repentance stops his access and realigns my life of kingdom living. I have decided to obey God by laying aside the weights and sin to move forward with my life. I remember God's standard is perfection. Therefore, I choose to be established in the truth that I have Jesus' righteousness. I understand my way to overcome sin is not to focus on my sin, but to focus on my identity in Christ, who God is, what he's already done, who he has made me to be. You know, Ellen and I did a freedom ministry for years, and the ones that stayed free were the ones that found out who they were in the Lord, got their identity right. I have a right to everything that Jesus has a right or access to because Jesus gave me his life, setting me free to experience God, to experience his kingdom in his life. What a salvation. What a a blessing that we've been given in Christ. Let's bow our heads. It's the worship team to come up. This morning... You've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. That's your first step. That's the most important decision that you can make in your life. What will you do with Jesus? And today he's saying, receive the gift of righteousness. Receive the price that was paid for you. It's a gift. Nothing that you can do to earn it or deserve it. You just receive the gift. Maybe you prayed and you've accepted Jesus as Lord before. But today you, you recognize you're not right with him. You need to get right. I'm speaking to you also this morning. No one looking around, you say, I need Jesus this morning. You're coming back to him or for the first time, I want you to just lift your hand. We'll pray together. I'm not going to ask you to come down. Just pray where you're at. Let's say this together. Say, dear Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you for coming for me. Thank you for rescuing me. I receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life. I recognize your Lordship, and I will obey you. I will do what you say, not in my own strength, but in the strength which you provide. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. I trust you completely. And I place my life in your hands. And one other thing I want us to pray for. If you recognize today there's a sin or weight that you need to deal with, no one looking around, I just want you to slip your hand up. I want to pray from you, for you from up here. And yes. Yes, say those hands. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, for all these that have a weight in their life or sin in their life, God, I thank you for your grace abounding towards them. Lord, they are fulfilling your will. And I thank you. When we pray according to your will, we have confidence that you hear us. And we have the petition that we desire of you. So, Lord, I thank you as each of these lift up the weight and the sin. That, Lord, you take it and you strengthen them and you cause them to overcome. You cause them to win in every situation and circumstance. And, Lord, I speak that they run the race with joy because they know the end result. They see the victory at hand. Because they trust you. I thank you for joy rising up on the inside of them. Let's all stand up. If you need prayer, if you raised your hand, want prayer for anything, ask the prayer partners to come down. It's nothing too big, nothing too small. Nothing that he can't touch. Nothing that he can't handle. Whatever it is, 
you need healing in your body. Somebody's had trouble with their jaw. Uh, it's like uh, just a, a pain in the jaw. Uh, wherever the, I don't know if you got bit there or whatever it is, but God is touching that jaw. All the soreness is leaving right now. All the pain is leaving. And you're healed and you're free. Somebody here, you have a, a past that is shameful to you. God wants you to know that his cleansing blood is more than enough for your past. And right now, he's applying his blood and cleansing you. And he wants you to have new, fresh vision. And he wants you to see with new revelation, new sight, and see yourself in Christ, redeemed and saved and free. And I thank you, Lord, for touching that one. We give you praise and honor. And the stigma of divorce and rejection, I break it and I renounce it in the name of Jesus. And I command the stain and the torn heart to be healed with the healing balm of Gilead. Touch the heart, Lord, and bring restoration and bring renewal. Give you thanks. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277.